Dirty Dancing has been called the greatest movie of all time by feminist publications, but it is definitely the best subversive feel-good musical movie of all time. It is a real chicks chick flick. And it reminds the girls to check their doctor's credentials before getting surgery. Oh, yeah. This is 80s Movie Guide. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. On its surface, Dirty Dancing is a coming-of-age story about a 17-year-old idealistic rich girl on summer vacation with her family in the Catskills, where she falls for a dancer. But I was thinking if we wanted to summarize it quickly, 17-year-old vacations with family, dances, loses virginity, causes chaos. I believe that this movie is exactly what every 14-year-old girl who goes to summer camp for a week wants. Oh, yeah? That's all you want. You just want that one boy, and then just do a little thing to him, and he teaches you some stuff that you didn't know, and you don't know him personally, so, like, you have no idea what his background is, you don't need to know, you don't care, you're only going to know him for a week, and... Then when you leave, you're like, oh, but it's okay. Yeah, but you're cool, but you're cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a mutual, like, miss you. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. Fun. I mean, that's true. When you go to camp, I, I'm trying to think if I ever did. but like, I did. If, you have, like, camp counselors who you're like, oh, you know. You crush on the camp counselors. Y- y- yeah, like, they'll yeah. be like, and every, all the counselors have dumb names anyway, so you're like, oh, you know, Bubbles or whatever. <laughs> right. I had, I did that in sixth grade. With a counselor, and then when I went to um, fashion, um, fashion yeah. summer camp, yeah. when you went to modeling camp, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. uh, I had a boyfriend from Singapore, so, mm-hmm. but he was French, so he spoke French and German and American and I'm pretty sure Mandarin, mm-hmm. and he lived in Singapore at a boarding school, and he's a football star, and oh my gosh, yes, okay, so. Yeah, so Patrick Swayze. It was literally my Patrick Swayze. Yeah. But he spoke, like, six languages. <laughs> you know what? I believe Patrick Swayze could speak six languages if he wanted to. I don't he was doubt that it. amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, so so I think that you're right, that that's part of what, the, what makes Dirty Dancing work, is it plays upon this idea of you're just a regular girl, you know, and some amazing guy sees you for how great you are and falls in love with you, you know? And, and what I like about this movie in particular is that also she offers him something, right? It's not just a a lot of times these, these films you've got, Oh, the guy and he teaches her stuff and he shows her a new world and, and she gets swept up in his world. Whereas she also helps him, uh, you know, cause I mean, Johnny just has such a chip on his shoulder the whole time. Yeah. Um, and those are, there's lots of good things about the movie. I don't know. Overall, though, let's get your perspective first. Your modern day Gen Z perspective on Dirty Dancing. Does it hold up? Why or why not? Well, at the, when I first watched it, I was like, this is a movie uh, for if you love dancing. If you love dancing, definitely watch this movie. I think that's common sense at this point. But I thought that it was a very... Um, significant story and I uh now I forgot that it was set in the 60s and so when you reminded me that I'm like oh that makes a lot like that clears up a lot of things for me Uh and it's kind of weird having like a their 60s perspective in an 80s movie Mm -hmm. and like how they literally brought in abortion like of course they brought in something very like kind of iffy topic at the time Mm -hmm. controversial yeah controversial uh, I just have to ask you, because you saw this with your friends in the theater as part of a Fathom event moment um, where, they, where they put it back in the theater and I wasn't with you. Did you miss the very beginning of the film? Or were you just no. talking? Oh, okay. Because they, they they let you know, clearly, it was in 1963. They might have been. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I thought I got all of it. I don't know. <laughs> You're just but. like, hey, it's some really different music they're playing. Um <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't put two and two together. They look like they would look if they were in the 80s. Like, well, I didn't see any difference to what The hairstyles, like. not too much. I mean, yeah. they've got the wigs. They have things, though, like, oh, you know, wear your hair like Elizabeth Taylor or, 
when they're when they're wearing the wigs and and the dress and um i wasn't paying attention to details (laughs) i guess not i guess not all right as long as you're paying attention to the themes um so overall you thought for teens today oh yeah people would love it especially girls Uh, like you said it's major chick flick like Mm -hmm. major and it's because that's every girl's dream especially Mm -hmm. if it's patrick swayze that you can dream about like are you kidding me yeah i mean and before we get into the what's wrong with your parents part of the podcast you know what what is exceptional about the film is it it is again the anti-disney princess story it's not someone coming in to rescue baby no one rescues her it it, it's literally it just opens her eyes yeah she's lived and and she's also not she's not coming from some difficult she doesn't have a difficult past she doesn't have to overcome any obstacles her life is good it's been good her parents are awesome you know <laughs> she's going she's had a good education she's been uh, she's going to college they support her dreams um, yeah, her you dad's know. a doctor yeah <laughs> so a she, lot of money but that's the point like she's sheltered and so what she gets from this experience at Kellerman's that the parents never expected. Like if I, you know, we've gone on cruises. If I take you on a cruise, I don't expect you to learn about the, uh, you know, the, the dirty side of life, you know, how life is unfair and how all the struggles that, that the rest of the world goes through. There's trips you could take that would show that, but that's not what that vacation's about. Vacation's often about family time and enjoy, oh, a beautiful location. And let's, you know, and, and so I think that's interesting, but she is not, um, so he doesn't save her in any way. Mm-mm. And all she's doing is favors for him, actually. Maybe right. She's saving him. And it starts out with her being someone who has been, uh, has had a great upbringing and has a kind heart and believes in, but she's a social justice warrior, right? Before they had that title. She's, a, they talk about the freedom rides. They talk about all the stuff going on in the world and Vietnam um, and, and Martin Luther King. And they, and they kind of talk about, social change and it's clear she's on what we call the right side of history, you yes. know, with her point of view. Yeah. And so that's what I think all of this like really opens her eyes. Of course, when she's, you know, the way she gets brought into everything is that she sees Penny crying and as any woman I hope would do, Just you know, go get help. Yeah. Make sure the boss doesn't see her, make sure the, to go get help. And, um, and, and, and then she gets pulled in from there. And then I, I'm not, I, I'm not sure about some of her choices after that, but from here, it's it, it all comes from a well-intentioned, good place. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the part about what's wrong with your parents. <laughs> like, what's messed up about this movie? Because uh, there are there are things in here that at first glance you don't see, but but there, you have to look at a different perspective. All right, first of all, I, I do want to talk about what this film is. Um, it's not a true story, but baby is actually Eleanor Bergstein, the screenwriter. And this is based on her experiences growing up, not necessarily all that happens to baby, but she did have these sort of experiences going to the cat skills, going on vacation with her family. Um, and, the, and so this environment that she said in that she said her world in does come from an authentic place. So it's a movie about the early 60s, but written in the mid 80s. And so there's an element here about what's wrong with your grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> and, and which is why there's... There's plenty wrong with them. <laughs> they got some major issues. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, this is what... There's only one black person in the film who gets a line, um, and he barely, which is the band leader, which because of Green Book, we're more aware that that is the way that rich white people felt progressive and evolved is like, Oh, you know, we have this black musician and I like listening to his music and aren't I big hearted or I'm going to go pay concert tickets and go see him or I'll honor him in my home. But like, don't use our toilets. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, so there's hypocritical, there's only one uh, black person in the film. But I think um, all racism is kind of hypocritical in that way. Expound. I'm just saying that everybody's a person and everybody brings in something into this world. And Mm -hmm. most people do use those things like their skills. Yeah. Skills or whether it's new technology or whether it's new rights movements or anything like that. It, you know what I mean? They still use it and they still make it. They're like, oh, this was a huge part of history, but I don't like black people. (laughs) Like it's so, it's just weird. Yeah. It's weird when 
No, and and this is how it's interesting because people who are racists, my understanding is like they're okay in certain categories, you know, yeah. from their racist point of view. Well, you can be an athlete or you can be a rapper and I can like your music or you can be, you know, as long yeah. as you're in your certain category, but I yeah. I don't want to get into all of racism because that's yeah, not what this movie is about <laughs> and that's a, a whole thing. But, um, but yeah, but so what this movie really was, was about the class divide, um, that amidst white people that was about economics, it's rich versus poor, educated versus uneducated. So this was a real issue in 1963, but really not an issue in 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing I want to make clear is when you... Every time you see that in an 80s movies, the dating the guy from the wrong side of the tracks, my perspective growing up in the 80s um, as a, someone who was, I don't, I don't really know what class we were. I think we were middle class. Maybe we're upper middle class. I'm a little unclear on what the divide line was, but there, there was no issue about someone's money. So when you see movies about that from the 80s, Pretty in Pink, Some Kind of Wonderful, Say Anything, Endless Love... These would be writers who grew up in the 60s where it was an issue. But by the 80s, it really wasn't an issue anymore. Now, that could be about educated versus uneducated. And, um, and, and, and there's also reasons behind that. Like you wouldn't want, you would be concerned if you were a dad in 1963 and your daughter wanted to marry an uneducated poor guy who was going to be, you know, in the, who, who, who might have a hard time keeping a job. Why? Because your daughter probably, number one, the expectation is he has to be able to take care of a family mm-hmm. and it would be difficult for your daughter to work and they would have a rough life ahead of them. So that would be your parental concern if you didn't have other prejudices, you know, about it. So, um, but I think what you should also understand is that because the race, the, the class system of, of economics is not really so much of a thing anymore, it is because of Hollywood. It, this this is how this is the Hollywood agenda. This is how Hollywood makes a difference. They make movies like Sabrina or Love Story or films that show them overcoming. You know, Hollywood loves a love story, and they love to have there be a big obstacle that you overcome. And so, social class issues have always been the fodder to make a movie about. Like love conquers all, and we love to see that. Oh, you know, she was you know she was a poor maid, and he was a wealthy. Uh, trust fund kid, and, but he loved her anyway. And, and, and that's the kind of film they, they make. And so the more movies that get made like that, the more we all understand, yeah, it's not a big deal. Why is this a big deal? This shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. And that's sort of how we overcome it. And so now when you look at romances today, you think, well, what's the obstacle to overcome? So you have, isn't it romantic? Or I feel pretty where you have, uh, the girl who's considered unattractive, get the gorgeous guy. Um, that, that's one way, or you have, you know, two sick teens, (laughs) one of them will die and they overcome that and fall in love anyway. I mean, they, there, there always has to be some obstacle. Um, so the part about like, what's wrong with your parents, there's so much in this film there really is to, to have concerns about. But for me, if there's one, it's the statutory rape. I mean, baby is 17 years old and Johnny is 25. I looked up the statutory rape laws. The age of consent is what it's called. And I looked it up to find out and find out what it was in 1963. And the fact is, is that in the twenties basically is when the change was made to say it needs to be, um, basically the way it works is it is, you have to be 18, but within a certain age range, it's okay. So you can be 17 and, you know, and be with a 19 year old or a 20 year old even, but you can't be with a 21 year old. So it's four years is the max. So you can't be 17 and date a 21 year old is the way I read it. And that's how it has been. By the way, in 1880, the age of consent was 10. It's gross. It is gross. So times change. Well, that's because, well, that's also, (laughs) we evolve. It's low key because they were having kids so young. Right. And that was their kind of thing at the time. Uh, I it's not, it's it's pretty young. It's, it's the thing is when we look at the past with stuff like that, we're like, that's disgusting. That's absolutely disgusting. But at the time they didn't really know better. And like the, the thing was you would probably get pregnant in like the 1880s, probably get pregnant at like 
six, right? 16, like mm -hmm. 20, yeah. like around yeah. the 16 and 20 area. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's probably why. So when we look at it, we're like, that's so screwed up. That's disgusting. Why would a 10 year old be having sex? But like at the time, that's how people grew up. I guess. I so, don't know. I feel like even in the caveman days, they'd be like, dude, she's 10. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what people are doing now? Like, I don't think... People just... They just don't conscience. have their conscience. Yeah. And they just don't... For some reason, just can't see right from wrong. Uh, all right. But I, I think the thing is about Dirty Dancing, and again, what this put into... What it puts in the back of minds of its young audience, right? Because that's what our focus is, is what teenagers at the time were perceiving and kind of getting these messages. And so it romanticizes the idea to young girls that it's not... Oh, just okay to have sex with an older man that this, you know, but, but really that this older man would see them as wise and more knowledgeable about life in general, you know, baby gets him to see himself as a stronger person than he is. And you're capable of this and you can do this. And so she helps him become uh, a more self-assured person who doesn't take flack, you know, uh, as a result of her, encouraging him and i think that we we think oh because women love men who are projects like oh we could yeah. come in and take the bad i mean this is a bad boy story too you know that, that that was a recurring theme in the 80s is oh here's the bad boy but you can turn him around now one of the great things about this film is that he's not a bad boy he appears to be he has a massive chip on his shoulder um i mean he's you know i mean when he walks in in the first scene and the waiter makes a crack at him and he like you know flips over the table work he just did, right? Or whatever, yeah. like the napkin folding or whatever was happening there. Um, okay, so so the statutory rape to me is the biggest problem with this film. But beyond that, um, I think, too, we make a hero out of someone that if we shift, shift our perspective... She, baby is a whirlwind of destruction. <laughs> like, like, uh, there's a reason Francis is called baby. It's because she has been spoiled her whole life. She's used to having things her way. And so, you know, the decisions she makes are, they're thinking about others, but they're also narcissistic. It's, I have this idea, therefore it's a good one because no one's ever told her that her ideas aren't good. And this is something we go through when we're young. I know the moment where I started realizing the unintended consequences of my actions on other people. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I remember we were, when you were a baby and we were moving to California and I, my, you know, your older brother was in school, you were still young enough, it didn't matter. And I needed to come and get established and figure out where I was going to live. I didn't have a job lined up. And so I said, Hey, you know, can can, can he come live, you know, ask my parents, can he come live with you? And they were actually living with my grandparents to help. Um, my mom was living with my grandparents because there were some health issues going on with them. And so she's like, okay, great. So that was in, can you watch my giant dog at the same time while I go and get established? Sure. And so they did. And then during the three or four months that that was going on, my dog, my grandpa was walking the dog and he slipped on some ice and broke his hip. And then my grandmother had, you know, some major health issues. Ambulance came and, you know, Cole, your brother, almost watched her die. I mean, these are like a lot of, there was a lot going on. They had a lot of drama. They didn't need to be watching yeah. a, a 10-year-old. And I was so self-absorbed. I was like, hey, you're my mom. Can't you help me? And didn't think about how what what I would put into their life and how it might change their lives as a result of 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 my request. So I would say for 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 baby, what's fascinating is number one, you know, she puts Billy at risk by going to the staff party. She knows she's told at the beginning, don't go to the party. You're not allowed over the line. You got guests can't go over here. The signs are everywhere. She goes anyway. That could have you know that's not so bad. Like. Who among us wouldn't try and sneak in, you know, right? Yeah. So I, I can go along with that one. But this is just how she's kind of like, well, you know, the rules don't apply to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, she made it kind of seem like she was wandering, but we all knew what she was trying to do. <laughs> right, right. Because she was looking for Johnny is what she yeah. was doing. All right. Then there's the issue of 
the fact that Baby knows what a terrible person Robbie is. And then he got and she doesn't tell her sister. That's the thing that messes me up about the whole movie. Is she's just like, maybe you shouldn't go with him. And the sister's like, you don't know. You don't know anything. Like, what are you talking about? And then she's just like, okay. Like, just letting her go get probably raped. Because when they come out of the forest, like, it's Robbie and... At the very beginning, like, day yeah. two of maybe. of their, Maybe it's even the first night of them being there. And they come off the golf course. And she's like, wow, you're not even going to apologize. He's like, go run to your mommy and daddy and cry about it. And maybe dream up an apology or something. Right? And the, and the thing is, is the guy who she's... Uh, what's his name? I feel like his name's Glenn. I can't remember. I don't care. But, no, but the guy who... <laughs> The, the the nephew or oh, of the, Kellerman. Yeah, the manager. Neil or... Yeah. I don't know if it's Neil or Glenn. I don't know. Anyway, so he says... Um, I, I'm fascinated because he's so into the, like, them following the rules. And that's, a, that's another thing just to back up a hair. So we kind of get set up from what baby mm-hmm. overhears the, um, Mr. Kellerman telling the staff is I get the waiters from Harvard and Yale and the Ivy League schools, you guys are to come here and flirt with the daughters and the entertainment staff. You show them dance lessons, you show them a good time, but you don't touch them, right? So he he's creating his own like class system right there. But there is an implication that is throughout the whole film that Penny and Johnny and the dancers are supposed to maybe have sex with the guests, right? Yeah, well, Johnny for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's an expectation that he's going to, that he's, that he's, that's part of his role. You know, he is the sex symbol. They're going to, he's going to make the women feel good about themselves. And if that means having sex, so be it. You know, but with the daughters, no. But apparently the Harvard and Yale kids, yes, you are supposed to make the daughters feel good about themselves. You're supposed, it's weird. It's like, what is this, a pimp? Like, what's going on? And then when Neil sees Robbie coming off the golf course with the sister. Yeah. He says, oh, I'm sorry you had to see that. Why wouldn't you go admonish Robbie? This is a guest's daughter. And not only is it a guest's daughter, this is your uncle's main guy. This, he's the guy that you are supposed to be taking care of. Right. Him and his family. He said, make sure you take care of him and his family. And for some reason that meant baby automatically. Mm -hmm. That didn't mean her sister. That didn't mean her mom. That didn't mean her dad. That meant baby for some reason. Right. And he just, like, straight, just, like, attacked her right off the bat. But, um, yeah. And along those lines, you know, Baby is supposed to be dating this guy. The hotel restaurant management going to inherit Kellerman's I have two hotels guy, right? And he is into her. It's hard to say because he talks about how, well, last week this girl dropped her boyfriend for me. Why? Because I have two hotels, you know? Um... So it's a little unclear, but throughout the film, he thinks they're dating. <laughs> yeah. And she never lets him know we're not. Yeah. So everything. Well, he kind of wasn't getting the hint. When you're on, when you're on a lake, when you're just standing there with someone kind of looking at like the stars or something and you're just standing right next to them and no one's talking and they say, I think my parents are looking for me or maybe we should head back soon or wait. Where did Tiffany go? <laughs> it means I can't find my friend. It means I don't want to be here with you anymore. I'm trying to find someone else, like to go and be away from you, because like I'm not trying to be alone with you in this situation right now. Okay, that's what that means. And then he goes, "Don't worry about it. They know that you're with me." Right. Like being like, "Oh, your parents like me, so you should like me too." Yeah. By the way, a guy in hotel and restaurant management. Oh yeah, that's always gonna be. <laughs> lures a woman to like you. (laughs) I've always wanted to date a guy in hotel and restaurant management. I mean, that's just not something people say. It's a perfectly fine career. It's not something people say. And it's it's funny because, especially because her dad's a doctor. Right. And at the time, with some people being barely uneducated, being a doctor, you probably made like million, million, well, quote unquote millions yes. in the time. It's still an aspirational job and something you think, oh, it'd be cool to, you know, if I married a doctor because yeah. You think so like her dad's already a doctor. Yeah. You think hotel management <laughs> is equivalent to my father's a freaking doctor? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, okay, but we'll now we'll, we'll go back to the fact that baby is the one 
chosen to replace Penny at the Sheldrake to do the Mambo. Uh, now, I don't understand of all the professional dancers that were there. Yeah, he said, <laughs> he, he said, train better this, he said, this girl's working all day and blah, 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 and then this girl has to take Penny's place for this show. So we're full out. As behind them, him mm-hmm. is a room full of people dancing <laughs> all over each other, doing flips and tricks and stuff that we could never, ever do in a lifetime. And he's like, and then he's just being like, she can't do it. And like, the, she's like, yeah, I can't do it. And then they pick her. Right. Even though there's plenty of other girls behind him with the way more flexible legs. And right. <laughs> right. Like, actually knows semi what she's doing and you don't have to start from this, like, right at the beginning. Yeah. And who isn't awkwardly dancing and, like, kind of humping you when you're just trying <laughs> to, like, move around. Like, like. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but we'll give him that because obviously there's no story if she doesn't get picked to do the and she did dance pay at the shelter. for it. So. Well, this is what I get into. Okay, this is my problem. If, if you're like, hey, I will cover for you so you can get an illegal abortion, all right? Hey, that that's one thing, right? Yeah. But to pay for it, to be the impetus to make it happen, right? So Baby inserts herself into these people's lives, people she doesn't know. And who don't want her there, and don't, frankly. Right. All along, they've been like, you get, why are you involved in this? Who are you? Go you back are to your- You a child, too. Yeah, they, she is a child. Penny literally said, go, go back to your little playpen instead of dealing with the real world. Because I'm actually, like, I'm actually going through something. You can't tell me that it's going to be okay. Because you wouldn't know. Right. You have had no experience, absolute, like, just been sheltered your whole life. Go back to where you came from. I don't want you dealing with this because you have no idea what you're doing. And that's part of the point of her being named Baby, right? Yeah. She's a child. Yeah. And um, so it's one thing to say, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll cover for you. It's another thing to lie to your father to get $250, which was worth, in 1963, I mean, that'd be like if you came to me and said you know, can I have four grand? I mean, I'm not sure what the actual equivalent is, but it wasn't $250. Yeah. If you asked me for $250, I would need to know why, what for, see a receipt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm not exactly. just giving you $250. Even if it is a four grand equivalent, even if it's literally just $250 right. in this time period. In, in, in 2019, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. So yeah. I'm not going to just give it to you. But you see that he trusts his daughter so much that if she randomly, while they're on vacation, asks for 250 and doesn't he just believes her. And so that, so she lies to her dad and breaks their trust, um, to get the money. So this girl can get an illegal abortion. And I did not live in 1963. So I don't, I only know from the stories, but what we see play out is what there is the point of it being in the movie is that illegal abortions killed women you know, they, or they would be mangled so bad that, and, and that they, they're, they would be destroyed and never able to have kids. And the, the, do not doubt the links that a desperate woman would go to, to not, you know, ruin her life, which in Penny's case, she's single in 1963 or by the way, 1987, if you have a baby out of wedlock, it was not socially acceptable. She also did not have like any money because they're just aspiring dancers. They're just, they're, they're not aspiring dancers. This is how they make their money. It's not like there's, it's not like they're working toward a goal. If I keep dancing, I could be on dancing with, you know, so you think you could dance or uh, there's no, this is it. This is the game. That's the rest of their life. So she can't, she can't miss one performance of the Sheldrake. She certainly can't miss six months of work. And then what she's going to do with the baby afterwards, like her life will be incredibly difficult. And Robbie's not going to come up with the money for exactly the reason he said, Oh, she sleeps with everybody. In, in the 60s, and by the way, in 1987, there really wasn't a lot of, it, it was, it was still tough to prove paternity, to say, to get the, to him to, to pay, pay for, for it. it, or even when they would say, okay, you're the father, there's a word, there's a reason there's a word deadbeat dad, you know, because guys would just not pay and get away with it. 
And now things have evolved. So where we are now as a, a country is better. I think, uh, well, let, let me back up one more second. So in 1987, where were we with abortion? So at this point, abortion is legal and women can get a safe abortion if that's what they want to do. But what they didn't have was the consciousness about the act that they were doing. So in the 60s and before, it was about, this is my body. I don't have a choice. What am I going to do? And there wasn't thought about this is a baby and, you know, do I want to have the baby? Am I, we, we think about that more, you know, and there's more options now and there's more acceptable. There's, there are now people who will support you if you get pregnant and, you know, if, 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 you know, I mean, women choose to get pregnant and don't have a partner, but that it just wasn't the case. There just wasn't a system in place. So if you got pregnant young, you would be an unmarried, you'd be an outcast, you would be, um, they just have any money. No you wouldn't have any money. Wouldn't necessarily have a guy to a husband or the father to, to back you up. It would be harder to find a partner in the future. Like there, it was a whole mess of issues. We are now more evolved. And part of that evolution is, you know, is that the, the evangelicals and, and the conservatives have said, Hey, think about this act. Think about what you're doing before you just end a life or take a life. And I would say, I mean, there's a Sherry Shepard who was on The View as an actress. You know, she said she was using it as birth control, but there wasn't a thought process into what you were doing. It was just like, hey, here's the solution. You know, no different than taking a pill beforehand to make sure you weren't pregnant. I'm just, I'm just making sure I'm not pregnant. But what Eleanor Bergstein did was she felt when she wrote the story that it would be problematic that at some point the studio would say, wait a second, I don't think in this teen film we should put in a, a, a thing about illegal abortion. And they would make her pull it out. So she made it integral to the story. So there was no way to pull it out. And part of where we see that is that there is no shame ever given to Penny for choosing to get an abortion or for trying to pursue it. No one ever shames her for that. No one treats her like... Uh, no one questions it, you know? And that's part of why this film is considered such a feminist film because she's able to make this decision and everyone's concerned about her and her safety and her having uh, the choices over her own body. But no one puts that ethical question out there. Is this the ethical thing to do to get an abortion? Yeah. And I think that really shows where we were in 1987. Yeah. I think that most... I feel like... People thought it was wrong because of Christianity and the reason people still think it's wrong today. But I also think that people weren't, people are kind, in the back of their heads, people are understanding. Mm -hmm. They understand that. Because if they were to be put in that situation, they would have done the same exact thing. And they don't understand that until they put themselves in those people's shoes. And I think that when we start seeing movies like this, they'll like me as the watcher I'm putting myself in Penny's shoes and I'd be like yeah I would do the exact same thing and I think that's the big part about what you're talking about with Hollywood kind of shaping the America kind of is yeah you're right through movies like this showing like us girls being like you're right like abortion isn't a bad thing it's just do you know what I'm saying yeah I mean (laughs) I agree I mean it gets us to agree on the same thing because we all we all can relate to it. Yeah. And that's what shifts the entire mindset of the world because then everybody starts understanding. Right. Because it's being explained and it's being shown in a way that that you would be relate you would relate. Like I I if I was Penny, this skinny, beautiful girl who all she does is dance, if she gets pregnant Especially when they bring up a, a snotty rich guy who says she's a whore. Mm-hmm. People are going to be like, yeah, screw that dude. And he also just raped baby sister. <laughs> like, almost sexually harassed. We don't know what happened. Yeah. But, so we're obviously all going to be on Penny's side. Mm-hmm. Because she's dealing with a douche. 
Right. And she's also dealing with being a poor 24-year-old. Right. They, it makes us feel, way. we feel empathetic toward her. Yeah. And we feel like, like, it relatable. puts us in, we can walk in her shoes to some degree. We can see her point of view. Yeah. And that's what shapes everybody's mindset. Right. Once we put our, ourselves in those situations, then we're like, you're right. Point is, is that it was illegal. There is a reason why it needs to be legal. But then what we need to do is show women that there are many other options. They need to think carefully about that decision. Is it going to be the right decision for them? And then uh, is there is there another solution besides that? But regardless, this is the consequence if abortions are illegal. Yeah. And that's what Eleanor Bergstein wanted people to know. And when she when she made the film, people were like, why are you putting this in here? It's like 1987, man. Like Roe versus Wade is a long time ago. We're cool. And she thought... I don't know that we'll always be cool. And and literally, that's what this presidential election with Trump being elected was about, is these evangelicals got behind him because they want to overturn Roe versus Wade. Because they have a point of view that, you know, it's all about when life starts, you know? And yeah. their, their point of view is, as soon as you're impregnated, life starts. And, you know... And, and that's the debate and that, that it will remain a debate. But I think, I think, I think where we are is pretty good right now. Yeah. But like you can't have it after like three, three or four months or something. No, I, I'm not sure when the cutoff Maybe is. I think you can't ever. I think the thing is right now is, I don't know. After, after five months, it's seriously unethical. But the only, from what I've read, the only people who ever go down that road is in the, in the, if, if it's going like life if, or death. Yeah, that or the child has serious issues and it's merciful, you know, because it's going to be born into a difficult situation and probably die anyway. Those are the instances that I've read about when it usually occurs. But most most people aren't trying gonna to do that, right? Like trying to get people, an abortion after it really. Is, I know. I mean, I unless thought about you're this, a I was serial like, killer, you're not trying to kill babies on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> like I saw a tweet the other day, and it was like it was like a little cartoon of a sim, and it was a baby on a barbecue, and a sim just cooking it, and it was like what Trump supporters think abortion is. Like they think that we're trying to kill babies, but yeah. like we're not. Yeah, but and I will just add this: I did. I worked in news and talk radio in Miami in uh, the late '90s and early 2000s, and I the things people do to children that they don't want is awful. We want every child to be wanted, to be uh, you know, and it really just gets down to your belief. My belief is because I am a Christian is that you know that that our that that we're it's our soul that's important and our body is just a shell. And so if you believe that, like, I don't think, I think your soul gets a second chance, you know, if you're a baby and and you, you aren't born. Um, but there's no way of knowing these things. So everybody has to have their different perspective and that's where it gets complicated. But I think that the point of dirty dancing, and by the way, a lot of people, when they think about dirty dancing, they forget all about the abortion supply. In fact, I was giving away tickets to um for the fathom event in west virginia and the winners i actually went and looked on their facebook page um just to you know see who they were just out of curiosity and like let them know that they won and they had like you know they had pro-life anti-abortion stuff on their facebook page i was like do you remember what's in this movie i thought it's not my business i'm not gonna tell them (laughs) but like they can see themselves (laughs) yeah but it's but she just wanted everyone to remember and have it documented in the film for young audiences that illegal abortions were a terrible thing so anyway so that's either way we're us women are going to do it well I don't know that that's true. Some women, well, not some, but like desperate women who feel that they don't have an alternative, they will, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, or they'll do, if they don't have like a doctor or something, they'll do bad things to their body and themselves. Yeah. They'll harm themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like punching themselves in the stomach or doing something stupid like that. And, and, and it's, and it wasn't dirty dancing, but there was a movie that really changed my point of view about, illegal abortions because I was unaware of it and it was called if the if these walls could talk and it was an HBO made for HBO movie and I remember they had a scene that I've never been able to get out of my head and so it, this is how Hollywood can open your mind change your perspective make you think about someone else's situation but I want to get back to how baby is a whirlwind of chaos <laughs> <laughs> so um 
Okay, okay, so let's go back. So we have, she didn't tell her sister that she was dating a, a, or trying to go out with a sleaze. Right, right. She goes to the staff party. She goes to the staff party, even though there's plenty of signs everywhere saying, do not pass. Plenty of people said, do not go in there. Uh-huh. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, three, she lies to her dad she and lies. just takes 250 and pays for Penny's abortion, even though that's, she has no, honestly, no right to do that because that's not her situation. And because, yeah, and because she's so young, I do appreciate the scene where, uh, where Penny says, I'm really scared, baby, and baby just hugs her and says, it'll be fine. Cause that's her, you know, rose colored glasses view of life. Of course it's going to be fine. It's not, you know, yeah. it's, it's a dangerous thing. And she had no idea, but that's how she's, you know, the, if she didn't give them the money and sub in for Penny, then this horrible, you know, near fatal incident wouldn't, um, wouldn't, would never occur. So she's the one who allows that to, to happen because she comes in and rescues them while not rescuing them at all. Um, and then, also, I think here's the biggest, here's another big point. So baby knows that the entertainers are not allowed to touch the daughters of the guest. She knows how important that is. She overheard Kellerman telling them that, and she knows Johnny will get fired if he is caught dating her, especially sleeping with her. She knows that. And so, and Johnny tries to cut off the relationship with her. And, and says it, he, he's not the one who indulges in it and, you know, and maybe they have a chemistry and maybe they have all that, but he makes it clear when they're done with the mambo dance at the Sheldrake, we're done. And she's the one who shows up in his room, by the way, right after Penny's botched abortion, which is super like unromantic to me. I was yeah. like, this is some odd timing in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the time to be having unprotected sex folks. But, um, uh, but she knows that that's going to be the consequence. So when, and by the way, if I were running a resort and my 25 year old employee was sleeping with the daughter of the guy of any of my, you know, uh, guests, but especially the head guest. Yeah. Especially the one who I'm trying to honor. I would fire that guy in a heartbeat. (laughs) No question. And it's crazy that they fire him for something else though. Oh, for stealing. They, yeah, they fire him for stealing, even though they got proof that yeah. But then, but that was her fault because she then was like. They were going to oh, fire him for stealing. Yeah. Right. And then. Um, but he gets she... fired either way. So, like. Because <laughs> I was in his room that night. Yeah. You could have said someone else. You could have been like, hmm. I also think. You could have thought about that. I feel like there was a more discreet way to handle it, too. Yeah. Like, Especially not in front of your father. In front of everyone. Yeah. I mean, now he has no choice. Kellerman has no choice but to fire him, regardless. Yeah. If you would have come to him privately and say, listen, I don't want to start from my dad. It's cool. I instigated it. You know, maybe he wouldn't have, but. Um, uh, but yeah, at that point, Kellerman had, had no choice. And by the way, now we get back to the fact that this is still statutory rape. So. Not only it, like, she's not only endangering his job, which we know how important that money is to him and for his ability to survive, but it's important for him to not go to jail. Yeah. (laughs) Or to, you know, be listed as a sexual predator. Yeah. So she really endangers him. Now, he is an adult man who can make his own decisions and he took her blouse off. So we're, we're not, we're not putting all of it on her, but she did, uh, she 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 kept trying to instigate it to happen. It's kind of weird. She cut low key. She kind of like emotionally manipulated him. It mm-hmm. feels like because she got him to like kind of open up, and then he like trusted her with everything. And she started being like, "No, you do this. No, you do that," and getting him like low key happier and happier. And then he was like, "Oh, this chick's great. Well, let's have sex." <laughs> Like, I feel something, you know enough about me to where, like, we're good on, uh-huh. like, an understanding. You seem to help me a lot. Like, well, she, but no, isn't that something a friend would I mean, do? I mean, wouldn't you encourage your friends? He did, they're, they're not friends. Okay. Fine. They're but not they friends. spend so much time together. They end up spending so much time together for a reason. It's not because they decide to hang out. It's because she's trying to... Again, instigate herself she's into his him. life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And she emotionally ba- manipulated him 
Like, I swear to God, she emotionally manipulated him. Like, low-key. Like, in the lowest of keys. <laughs> like, she's just making her way up there, and then he snapped, and she was like, thank God. Like, I've been waiting yeah. for this for a minute now. <laughs> but And let's talk about how she upends her own family relationships. I mean, not by her finding a boy and that she likes and falling in love and sleeping with him, but... By lying to her dad about the whole thing. And he, the dad said, after the abortion, you are not to be spend time with them anymore. Or was it even before the abortion? No, no, it was, it was after. Cause, okay. Yeah, he was like, you will have nothing to do with those people ever again. I don't want you hanging out with them for the rest of the trip here. Yeah. And by the way, from a parent point of view, I would tell you the same thing. Like, if you're like, here's my friend, and this happened, and I paid for her abortion, and I lied to you, and, and it was a mess, and it was mangled, and, and I need you to you help me out. And to fix her body. And you have to be like, I'm going to help, and I'm going to help your friend, because we need, that's what's important here. But by the way, you're done hanging out with them. <laughs> like, I, they are banned. I would do the same thing. So, and then she turns right around. I mean, it's like her dad walks off, and then she almost turns right around and goes to his cabin. And then has sex with him. <laughs> And loses her virginity to him. <laughs> she, like, ups the ante on her dad's, like, band. Like, she's just she's just in the mood for rebellion. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she's just in the mood. Against her awesome dad. I don't know. Like, of course, I have to well, take I the mean, parents' point of view here. I mean, you know, there's always the, the you said this, so I'm going to do the opposite of what you said. The reverse psychology. Mm-hmm. He should have reverse psychology it. You can ha- hang out with them all the time. Why don't you sleep with them? Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think it would have worked here. Well, I don't know. Well, or he could have been, like, an actual parent and made sure that she went back to the cabin with him. Yeah. And, like... Oh, yeah. I know they didn't have find your friends on the iPhone like I do. Like, why are you here? (laughs) You said you were going to be at Max's. And yet, I see that you're, you know, in Palos Verdes. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have those kind of tracking devices then. Yeah, but at the same time, like... They just, like, went back to the cabin, and then the next, she slept over, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, that you don't need five of my friends to realize my daughter's not here this morning. <laughs> right. And never went in her bed last night. Right. Right. To some degree. I mean, I, I would say after something like that, I would be sure that you were staying in your room. But, again, if we liken this to the cruise ship, I remember when we crossed into the Arctic Circle at, like, 3 a.m., and I got up to go you know, see it. And I'm like, who's in the disco at 3am? Cause I call it disco. There. I was like, who's in the, who's in there? And I look and there's you, <laughs> you. And I was like, Oh, you're not in bed. What's going on? That's what happens when your room is down the hall instead of right next to mine. Yeah. But I was going to bed at like seven o'clock before I met anyone. And like, it was depressing. Yeah. It was very depressing for that first week. So because you wouldn't go to the teen club. Because I don't want to go to the teen club. That's anno- Like, that's exactly what she did not follow her sister. Right. <laughs> she went with the dancer kids because they were older, more mature, and more fun than just some teenage activities of trying on wigs. Right. It's not fun. Okay, fine. <laughs> trying wigs is not a fun activity to do for over two hours. Yeah. True. But so now I think we should say what's good about the film. Um... I mean, why is it, why is it a landmark film? Why is it this film that, that people love and keep coming back to? I I think, uh, we kind of talked about that at the beginning, but I do think that it's because I think one thing that women appreciate about it is one, that she is a regular girl. Like she's not, you know, she's not gorgeous, but she's not ugly. She's just a regular girl. You know, she doesn't know how to dance. She's kind of awkward at the beginning. She seems very young. And then by the end, cause it's a coming of age tale, she's grown up and she's matured and she's wearing makeup and, um, you know, you've, she's blossomed, <laughs> which is always something that grosses me out in these <laughs> movies. Like she blossoms into a woman. Um, I mean, she did lose her virginity, so, but they, <laughs> But the focus isn't, this isn't Lolita, right? Like, it isn't about an older guy preying on a girl. It's about a young woman being assertive about what she wants. And it is about, in this era of 80s movies, where it feels like women were just props for guys to have sex with. And that became, in my opinion, it became what women's roles were. That is, growing up in the 80s, you felt like you had to be pretty You had to be entertaining to a guy. You had to get their attention. You needed to be dating somebody like that was part of your self-worth. You know, it was, it was to, to, to be that. 
And so here's a girl who didn't have to change anything about herself. She doesn't dress sexy. She, um, she is who she is. No one's trying to change her. And, and she gets the gorgeous guy who she wants, you know, and, and she makes the move to make it happen. And nobody, and, and we reward her for that as an audience. We cheer her on. And I think that feels good to audiences. And that's part of why this, this, you know, this movie succeeds and holds up. Like we, we are a part of her story and we want to see it from her point of view and not the point of view of her, her being a whirlwind of chaos. (laughs) But I think we could do another film. It would be interesting to see this whole thing from the sister's point of view, be like the summer that baby ruined vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they, I mean, this is the thing though, is, um, we don't know what happens in the end. We don't know what happens to Baby and Johnny. We don't know any of that. But when I went to the theater, when I saw this with my friends, they did have a, just kind of like them interviewing the cast and the director and whatever, blah, blah, talking about Patrick Swayze, talking about the movie and how it was at the time and blah, blah, blah. And at the end, the writer, whatever her name is, mm-hmm. she... Eleanor Bergstein. Yeah, she said... Every every single time I see someone on the street and they ask me what's next for Johnny and Baby, I usually just smile, shrug, and walk away. But I think I'm actually ready to start with the next chapter of their story. So, or the next, I'm planning, so they're planning on making another movie, I think. That's okay. what they're implying. Well, I want to be really clear that I don't think that they would have worked out. And, and not because... No, me neither, yeah. And, 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 and not because of Johnny's financial situation versus... Not the, not the social class. It's that Johnny is kind of dumb. I mean, like, I mean, she's really smart, and he can't keep up with her intellectually, and she's going to get tired of that real quick. You, <laughs> when you're younger, you date cute guys, and they're entertaining because they're cute, but then you're really bored, or <laughs> you realize that they're... You know, and not everyone has to be smart. That's okay. But if you are very smart and well-educated, it would be challenging to spend all your time in your life with someone who isn't bright. And my feeling was that Johnny was just... Well, I, I mean, he could go to school, but I'm not sure that would change things. Is my, my point of view. I don't think he was... It was an uneducated... It was just like who he was. If they were to work out, she would probably be the pants in the household she would probably be paying the bills she'd probably be the one with the job she'd probably be the one you know he'd probably be staying home with the kids and on the side doing dance lessons for you know blah blah blah, whatever but i think that they wouldn't i don't think anyone expects them to work out period because number one it's like a two-week camp right (laughs) my singapore boyfriend has added unadded me on snapchat (laughs) like i don't talk to him it's fine we have each other on instagram that's the important thing okay okay but we don't talk is the point because i'm never gonna see him again Mm -hmm. unless for some reason you decide to go to singapore yeah i'm probably never gonna see him again and there's not really a need like he was cool he was super, super dope guy. He had like 18 abs, right? He had like an 18 yeah. oh pack. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> she but... sent me a picture. <laughs> like, here's my boyfriend sent me a picture of his abs. <laughs> it was so, it was awesome. But I'm, I'm never going to see him again. And I knew that. Mm-hmm. I knew that for the day I left. You were like, oh, bye. Yeah. Dang. Wish we had like one more week, you know? But I think you guys have a different point of view, a, a different way of looking at that too than maybe we did but also, she's going to school. Mm-hmm. He's he's also, like, what did you say, like, eight years older than her? Mm-hmm. So, he's, like you said, he this is his life. This this dance, this dancing thing, just teaching people how to dance, that's his life. And she's going to college soon. Mm-hmm. He can't go with her to that. Right. He can't go with her. He can't learn the things with her. He doesn't have the money for it, first of all. Right. Second of all, he's, at the time, probably too old to go now. Well, it said he did... What did he, what was, his job was house painting, right? That's what his day job was when it wasn't the summer? He just got into the union, remember? Oh, yeah. 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 So that's the kind of work that he was doing. And that's exactly. fine. Like, By the way, your, your dad did. Blue collar stuff, right? You, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your dad but did that's, house painting. But, the, but she would, 
she wants to do all these amazing things also. She wants to change the world. She mm-hmm. wants to do this. She wants to, she wants to join the Peace Corps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny has no idea what that is. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, he's probably like, what are you doing? Like, I cool you're doing that but i literally have no idea what you're doing like i can't i can't stand that like when like when guys that i'm with are really into cars mm-hmm. and they keep telling me about cars and then i don't know i'm like oh your brakes on then they're like oh it's always like that that's just what this blank kind of car does and i'm like well this is why i don't talk about cars with you is cuz i'm stupid about it i have no idea what i i don't understand it and you have I'm no interest try. yeah you have no interest in learning about yeah. it yeah right yeah so he probably has no interest in learning about the pe- he's probably learning about his next mambo. Like right, <laughs> like right. that's not what yeah, he's worried about. Yeah, cuz it's like I have ideas for the show. Like I know these new dance moves. You yeah, know? and right. no one will take his ideas on dancing. Mm-hmm. He has no ideas for what the government's planning on being like in the next 20 years. Right. That is not his forte. Right. And she knows that. <laughs> she right. should know that. No, by this now. is definitely a summer vacation romance. Yeah, they're there. Yeah, so I think ev- I don't think anyone any bun. I don't think anyone was expecting them to last after that last dance. All right, then here's my prediction. My prediction is that the story is going to be about that they did go their separate ways. She went to college. Maybe she went to the Peace Corps. She's gone on with her life. Is probably divorced. Um, he yeah. is too. They each have kids. <laughs> from, and then one day they run into each other on the street. And they remember. And now their age is more appropriate, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then they fall in love again. And that's Dirty Dancing too. I mean, I get that there were actually sequels to Dirty Dancing, so... But the, there Hav- are? Havana Nights. Yeah. Oh. And they... Yeah. Because they couldn't get the original cast back because she didn't want to write another story about Johnny and Baby. Yeah. And then he died. Right. And then, So I don't know how she's doing a sequel. How is she doing a sequel? I don't know. I didn't get it either, but mm. she said I replace him. I know, but she she said like I thought I had the same thing. I was like, how are you gonna? No one is gonna be down to not watch him dance. Okay, so then they met one day on the street, and then they fell in love, so and then he died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna skip the blended families. They met when they were, you know, when she's like thirty and he's. 37 or 38, whatever the age difference was, and then 38, and then they had kids, and it was a great love affair, but then he died, and now she's a single mom, and it's about the kids. Yeah. That's the story. Bing. Done. Or, (laughs) or they separated a couple, maybe like a year or two later, she gets a call, or hears a rumor that Johnny's dead. Mm -hmm. He got in a car accident. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Uh Uh-huh. That turns into another story that I don't know. Or <laughs> it turns out that that one night of passion they had, or a couple nights of passion. Oh, she gets pregnant. She got pregnant. Yeah, that would be awesome, actually. Yeah. Didn't get an abortion. She's like, I'm not going through that. <laughs> She's like, I saw it firsthand. And my happy. dad's not doing it for me. <laughs> no. So that cured me right there. Um, yeah. And so she has the baby and doesn't go to college and doesn't join the Peace Corps. And then she gets mad at him. Because she wasn't able to do those things because he got her pregnant and she blames him for it. And then she kills him. No, I don't like that And we got to turn into a murder mystery <laughs> kind of thing. All right. How about she gets pregnant. It's gone girl all over. So she was pregnant. They they get married. They And that's why they have to have this life together, right? That's why she, instead of the natural thing where she goes to college and they have nothing in common and he becomes like a albatross around her neck. So instead of that... They they do build a life together, but then he dies. And then she's like, you know what? I wanted to be the person who went to the Peace Corps. Or she takes up the mantle. It's like, I'm going to... Or she runs his dance studio. Because you know that... You know that... They the, both Miss dance. Dr. Hausman bought him a dance studio if they got married. He oh, would, probably. like, give them the money to start their business. And that's what they would do. Yeah. Yeah. And so then she takes it over in his memory and his pictures, you know, in a frame on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> While also juggling two kids. Yeah. One has Down syndrome. Boom. Oh, okay. Got a whole new story there. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Inclusivity. It's important. Representation. She got to deal with that. Yeah. Got to deal with the dance thing. And then at the same time, she's also like, but this is not what I said I was going to do when I was 17. Yeah. And now I'm forced to do this. So I'm going to do both. Mm-hmm. And so then she's 
in taking maybe college classes or something like that, or trying to get in the Peace Corps while running that dance studio, while also having to take care of her. I I imagine her having like an older daughter. I think the Down syndrome kid is and then, amazing. Yeah, and can and then changes everyone's minds because she's a great dancer, and um, the child is, and and then and it becomes this anti. It's an anti-abortion tale because if she had aborted the Down syndrome baby, then nobody would see how like sweet and wonderful. Because that's one of the things that where people decide to get an abortion is if they learn that the child has Down syndrome, and they're like, you know what? But Down kids with Down syndrome are really sweet and wonderful and and happy. And like ha- all Down syndrome kids are really happy. Exactly. Um, All right. Well, we've solved this problem of where Dirty Dancing, the sequel, can go. I don't think that Eleanor Bergstein will take that last suggestion, but wouldn't it be interesting if she did? Be an interesting end to the story. Um, Go see all the -the behind-the-scenes information about Dirty Dancing at 80smovieguide.com backslash dirty hyphen dancing. And also you can follow us at 80smovieguide on pretty much all social media accounts. Thanks. Catch you next time.